welcome to the League Lowdown podcast. This is Diane Tanwakio. This is Greg Ellis. And this is Billy. And we've got a lot to talk about. We are heading full steam into championship games, championship weekends, coming up on the Yuletide tournaments in the different locations. So we've got a lot to talk about today. It's been a while since we've been here, guys. It has been it has been a while, but a lot has gone on and I think uh, you know some of the cream has risen to the top, which which kind of concentrates what we have to talk about, which is awesome. And we'll start off in New York, where we have some back-to-back champions uh, in the Dragons. So congratulations to the Dragons! Absolutely, they they played phenomenal. We knew that the Hawks had signed uh, the Barbetto brothers, uh, Anthony and Sal. And we knew that that, you know, could play a factor into the playoffs. And in week five, you know, we immediately saw them make an impact. And so I think coming into the playoffs and championship weekend, um, you know, I really saw it as, you know, either of those teams uh, being the favorites. I didn't know. I mean, I I saw the film on um, Sal and Anthony Barbetto. And you can see that they were impact players. I mean, they, they're they're really good. Anthony's locked down on defense. Sal is 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 a money offensive player. I mean, he's real shifty, catches everything quick. You know, take a five yard route and go to the house. So I think that that really made people think that the Hawks were gonna kind of be favored. You know, they had they would have enough weeks to gel, um, incorporate the new the new talent, and uh, get on the streak. But <laughs> let me just tell you one of the reasons I love the Dragons. Is because we had a talk in one of our podcasts over the summer. We talked to the quarterback for the Dragons, Tony Panio. We had a whole discussion about having a, a number of possessions, scoring points, um, putting an emphasis on getting your scoring up. Let me give you some numbers. Last year, they won the championship 13-12, to 12, I think was the score. This year in the championship, they scored 30. They scored 46 points in the game before that. How many points did they score in the summer season? 260. How many points did they score in fall season? 360. That's 100 points more they scored this season. So am I surprised they won a championship? Absolutely not. Do they move up for me on a list of top teams in the nation? Absolutely. Did you see them do anything differently? It looks like more hurry up, less huddle time. You know, um, like he, he brought up really good points when we talked before about, you know, you only have so many opportunities because of the defenses. Um, and so what he did was, it looks like he cut down on the time he was spending calling plays, getting, he got to the line of scrimmage, and they had, a, they had a lot of explosive plays this year that allowed them to score more, score quickly, and then they did something on defense. They double rushed way more this season than last. What did that end up in? Them causing more turnovers. Causing more turnovers does what? Give you more opportunities on offense. So they did a couple things like that that turned it around for him and allowed them to score more points and they became formidable. I mean, it was normal for them to score in the 40s this season, which was which is amazing. And I was telling them, nationally, you're going to have to have that capability. And what do they do? They turn around and actually put it into play. So for me, that makes that makes them a, 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 one of the favorites coming into you know the National Tough Cup. So you think that they took what you said to heart and they actually applied that to the season? Do I don't want to. I don't want to take. I don't want to take credit. <laughs> from, oh, I see what you do. I see what you do. But I don't want. I don't want to take credit from them. I don't want to say like, "Oh, I said to do something, they did it, and this is why." No, no, no. I don't. I don't think it's that. I think it's what I said probably hit home, and they were like, "You know what? Challenge accepted, hmm. right? We're gonna take the challenge, 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change up some stuff and we're gonna we're gonna see if we can do what we know we can do and that's you know score points score more points and they did well what i see is a team that's gearing up for january we say this a lot you know you can do or you you don't do certain things and you know you can win your your location but you know that may not work when it gets to the national tough cup you know what i see in the dragons is a team that has an eye on january they're looking at what they'll need to do to compete when it comes to playing teams in other locations that adaptability you know is going to make them a team to watch and and possibly one of the favorites when we get you know if they make it out of their yuletide tournament you know if they make it to the the tough cup playoffs in january we we know the top four teams that are going to be in the yuletide tournament we know that dragons are number one we know that the hawks are number two battle hawks are number three and the warriors are number four you know i love the idea of the tough coins determining who makes it into this tournament. There's going to be some teams who felt they could have done better in the playoffs that are going to get a little redemption. The Hawks may have lost the battle, but maybe they win the war. Right. You're right. That's true. Who cares if they didn't win the New York championship if yeah. they win the Yuletide tournament that's and get the what rep. matters if they get to the Yeah, Yuletide. and get their rep nationally. And they did. You're right. So and that's, that's such an interesting dynamic is, you know, it's great to be a New York champion and to win a league in New York. But as long as you put yourself in play, you know, to play nationally, you know, that is another, you know, prize to, to you know, to reach for. And, you know, probably an even better prize. If I'm them, I'm, if I'm those New York teams, I'm excited. And then, you know, listen, I mean, the Battle Hawks were there summer and fall. Yeah. They were right there. So. We can't even count them out. You know, the Battle Hawks could easily upset. Can we count out the Warriors? <laughs> Can we say bye bye Warriors? I mean, or should we not? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be that guy. But I don't know if you can count anyone out. You're right. I, you know, last last year I was completely wrong. The the lowest seed La Migra went all the way to the championship game last and, season. Yeah, they did last season in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can't count anyone out. I mean, who knows what the Warriors could pull off in a tournament? I mean, and if they get another monsoon. Right, <laughs> and they get an, they get another uh, you know weather impacted game. Well, that's why the tournament exists, you know, to see which of these top four teams are going to represent New York. So it's yeah. it's going to be exciting. I I know that the players are excited. I was talking to Pat and Eddie, and they were saying that the Hawks brought a bunch of people to watch the day of on the championship game. So wow. if they bring those people to the Yuletide tournament, it should be a fun environment. Yeah. That's awesome. I almost wished all of the Utah tournaments were on the same day so that, you know, could possibly go see some of the other ones. But yeah. uh, that's okay. We'll get our chance. We'll get our chance for the national tournament. And like all of the Yuletide tournaments, uh, New York is going to have theirs on December 4th, and I can't wait to see it. Should be awesome. We had another region crown their champion. The San Diego crowned the Pericos. Pericos. We, we kind of knew that was going to come out, right? Yeah. Nobody I mean, surprised. The San Diego region for me, it's my thing with them is always I feel like they're top heavy, right? There's there's always like these two powerhouse teams and everybody is like battling to try to see if they can beat these two teams. But when it comes down to it, you know which two teams are going to be there at the right. end. Right. And I feel like that's always been like that. Yeah. Except Based it changed this season. Last season, we were talking about the Pericos and the Vipers. 
in this season, right. the story was Perico's and Cobra's. It's not like the Vipers weren't still good. There were some steps to make San Diego, you know, have a little more parity. So, you know, it's still a fairly top-heavy league, but it's it's a small league. It's not. It's not a small league anymore. That's a big league. And I think that through the natural changes in a league, the bigger it gets, the more talent will start to kind of move around, I think. I think what Diana maybe may have been trying to say that it's some Titan for Titan is small, but it yeah. did have a Titan and a Spartan. Speaking of Spartan, we crown a champion in Spartan. The, the Bounty, Bounty Hunters. Hunters. Yeah. The Bounty Hunters won the championship and they had a tough game because they were down. I want to say they were down 20 to six in their semifinal game and had, and had to come back and win in overtime. Mm. San Diego was San Diego was tough. I mean, Spartan was definitely tough. I think Bounty Hunters were the class of the Spartan pretty much the whole season but they were other but they weren't so far past everyone else that people just automatically assumed they were going to win i mean like i said tsw had them on the ropes i was told that um by some sources that uh the kingfish were super pumped to play from what i hear they're a great group of guys and people were you know rooting for them and wanting them to go their distance and they actually made it to the championship game they lost by point congratulations to the bounty hunters but it would have been so cool to see an underdog team advance to the championship game and win to me i'm an underdog kind of guy always have been yeah that that would have been cool i mean but maybe but the better team bounty hunters that, that that's that's a pretty formidable spartan team and it's a team that i'm pretty sure will move up to to titan they've got guys like roy sharp jacory pace these guys are titan players yeah. right i i think they're gonna move up to titan easily so because they are playing in the spartan showdown against whoever la is bringing is that a clear win for you against? No, 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 not even L.A. has it's it's going to be really competitive. Diane, do you agree? Well, you know, what I think is interesting is for the bounty hunters, you know, they started both of those games last weekend um, with Emmett Williams throwing. But, you know, I think as those games went along, it became uh, Nicholas Turnowitz or Turtle ended up throwing. And like I mentioned on the last podcast, I've seen him win a Titan Cup championship in San Diego. And so they're not truly a Spartan team in the sense that they're being led by, you know, as Greg mentioned, Titan level players. I do think that there are teams in LA that will give them a run for their money and, you know, may even potentially be favored over them. As of right now, there's a lot of, they, they do have some players that are new to tough. I think I do. I do think they were right to be in Spartan. I think they were appropriately uh, placed in Spartan. I do believe that with the knowledge that they've acquired this season, they're going to easily move up to Titan to where now, hopefully, you know, there'll be more than just, you know, two or three teams in Titan San Diego who we're talking about. I I read a social media post that said that the Pericos must be like the poster boy for tough San Diego because they're all over the page. And the thing is, well, they haven't, they don't lose much. (laughs) They lost once, once in, in the last two seasons, hey, right? So I say, if you win, right, you get you get the, the spotlight. Yeah, and then they, you know, their quarterback has this long hair, where you know, in all of the posters, he looks like he's walking against the wind. It's hey, like <laughs> I'll tell you right now, after watching that mic'd up segment, yeah, what a cool dude. Nah, he is. I I don't know Kenny at all. Yeah. However, watching that. It's like you get to learn a little bit about him. You right. know, you get to kind of find out what kind of player he is. And he was so, first of all, he, they lost that game. Yeah. They lost that game against Flash. Mm. It looked like they won. He was so calm throughout the whole game. Even when it was down to like the last two or three plays, he seemed so cool and collective. They ended up losing that game. Wait, what? Did, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't think they did? 
<laughs> Greg. Yeah. Pico's didn't lose. Oh, they did. They did. They, they lost did. that game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They did. Yeah, they lost that game. Well, you know, I commented on that video that I don't play favorites, but Kenny is my favorite. I, I don't know him <laughs> enough to give him any kind of opinion. All I know is that he plays and he plays well. But watching that mic'd up, I, I'm telling you, we're going to be putting a lot of mic'd up segments out there because it really does. It's an interesting concept because it shows you what they think about what they say throughout the game. And it's fun to watch. And Kenny was super composed, super calm and collective. That's, and that's kind of the way he is. That, that says a lot about you. That right. says a lot about someone. What I appreciated about that mic'd up segment is, you know, getting a glimpse into how much of a conductor Kenny is. He's constantly talking. He's constantly communicating every single play. He's making a read at the line and and instructing his players to do something or the other. It's a big reason for the Perico success. I think that, you know, there is, you know, something to say about the star power that they have, but you need someone who can capably conduct the orchestra. And I think Kenny does exactly that. And that mic'd up segment showed that. Something that was really interesting to me was he never said hike. Basically, he would say to his center, what's his center's name? Isaac, I think. Steve. It was either Steve or Isaac. Like they have two centers on that team. I think it was, I, I think it was Steve. I remember hearing the name Steve a lot. Either way, he was just like, Steve, go. And then he would hike the ball and he'd be like, go left, go left. And he would talk to him during the play, is that what you do as a quarterback? Not, I don't audible it though. I like, I don't, I don't, I don't audible So like, it's not out loud. I'm doing that, but me and my center have keys and cues. Because he was taught. I guess there was there a lot of rush going on to that game. Eh, no, nah, really, huh? not really. He was, he was just like talking really. all the time. He was, he was just, he was talking to his center the entire time. It was cool to watch. It was, it was like I said, it was calm and collective. And from watching that mic'd up segment, I gained some some more respect from, from yeah him. no 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 believe me the pericles are good i mean they're they're, they're really good i mean they've got three receivers maurice williams james calhoun and darius walters who are all elite these are elite these are dogs i mean these guys are these guys are really good i mean and we talked about james calhoun before and i and i and i've actually said before like if we had a nationwide search for receivers and you know who would i pick number one and i said i would pick james calhoun but he wasn't the offensive star. Like, to me, like, the big plays that they, they made were by Darius. He had some crazy moss catches. I mean, just – I was talking with someone about him, and they were like, yeah, he's lost a step a little bit. Like, yeah, but, yeah, but his his impact is still there because yeah. he's still always open. And even when he's, he's not – He's a playmaker. Yeah. And can, when it counts. He, bail, he can bail his quarterback out. I don't see him losing a step, you know, based on the film. He's still as good as I remember him. Yeah, No, like I said, Pericos is – It'd be interesting to take a deep dive into their their team if we're really talking about uh, star power. Well, you did that, right? You're in the committee for San Diego, Mm -hmm. and you guys had a conversation about that, right? Correct, and it is what it is. Pericos have the most stars by rating, by impact. However you want to look at it, they, they have the most. Are they over the star cap for the Tough Cup? From what I understand they are. in our discussions, yes, they are. So they have to remove a few players. They will probably have to remove a few players, yes. I think I remember hearing Joe say he did. He's removed. He didn't remove the big boys. He just removed a few of the bottom feeders that he— Well, I mean, of course. I mean— no, And that's a good decision. I mean, what yeah. You have to make these decisions as a captain when you get to that level. And you're above the star system. So if I'm thinking like a player, Billy, not to cut you up, but sure. if, I, if I'm thinking like a player, why wouldn't we have them do that before the season started? Why would we wait until after the season to tell because them? Because they can, they can choose their roster based off of their two seasons. Okay. 
so, he did. Okay, so they could they can figure out who they want to keep, right? And then make that decision afterwards going into the Utah Correct. tournament. If you play in multiple seasons, now granted, this is supposed to be for a four season year, right? Right. right. It's been cut short, so right. it's a little different right now. We're we're working Understood. with it, but with a four season, there's usually 15, 16, 17 different players that will be playing with that team throughout. So they get to pick the 12 teams, and that's where they can find – that's where they get to look at the star system and say, I can't go above this. Nobody can go above this. No region can go above this to keep it comparable. Got it. We saw a lot of social media chatter that was talking about why is the Yuletide tournament even necessary for San Diego in the sense that, you know, it's the same four teams that made it to the end in playoffs last week. And I think that there is still, you know, the Cobras – you know, they beat the Vipers uh, despite DJ not being that much of a factor and, you know, lost to the Pericos and, and still DJ, you know, wasn't necessarily a significant part of that. They can get something out of DJ who we know is, you know, a top tier player. You know, maybe maybe the Cobras can make it interesting. We know that Vipers have beaten Pericos before. I still think there is plenty to figure out and to figure it out during the Yuletide tournament. But to say that you don't understand why it would exist is, to me, that's such a short-sighted mentality. It's, 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 it's not thinking about the bigger picture. And normally, you don't have to think about the larger picture because in most leagues, it's you win and you're done. This is a bigger picture. And there's got to be a Yuletide tournament for every region to see what team does come out and play nationally it's part of a bigger picture it is i think i think some of the concerns was was that oh but we now we have to travel to a different site you know why can't we just do it at the same site where we are and i think what players just have to understand is that this is these aren't just a set of games the stakes are completely different exactly and this is an event right it's an event and it's it's the idea was to bring these two leagues together right. for a sort a sense of community right yeah. and it's a, it's a it's it's sort of a middle ground i mean la is gonna have to travel right. san diego's gonna have to travel who cares if who, who you're playing or it's a, a you play. it's a free tournament it's a free tournament and the what you win in the tournament to me is worth whatever inconvenience you may have to experience i mean you know i if you're telling me that in order for me to play nationally i want to play against these teams that i see the videos of in different states right i want to be able to play them well in order to do that, I got to drive an hour right, I to know. go to go play in a tournament. To, to man, I I do that in a heartbeat. I well, mean, you got some right? people who just you can't make happy. You can't. There's there's some people you aren't gonna make happy. And I mean, you know, we can't make large scale revisions for the minority. Right. That's just the way it goes. Absolutely, 100. percent That's why it's um, not even a, a factor. To right. Me. So it's just you know you know you want you want to listen to people, right? You want to. I mean, sure. I mean, these these are the, the people who make up the league, so you want to listen to them. But I mean, at, at some point, right? You got to understand this is for the better of every There's everything so else going parts. on with the league. There's so right. many moving parts. It's it, it's better for the everything going on in the league, not just you know, yeah, for you know, a couple inconveniences. I mean, I like I said, I haven't heard any complaints from anyone in L.A. And then, but you know, the whole San Diego L.A. rivalry is always going to be something in. Yeah, uh, I agree. During yeah. the Yuletide tournament for San Diego, we're going to be seeing Pericos, Vipers, Cobras, and Crimson. You know, they were the four teams. Anything can happen in a one-day tournament. And, you know, like I said, there's still plenty of intrigue of unanswered questions that still has the potential to be settled during this Yuletide tournament. So I'm thrilled to see it. This will be one location that will surprise the hell out of me if the Pericos don't win at all. 
I mean, I think that's going to surprise everyone. Right. That, that would surprise anyone. This will be the one. Right. If I see the Vipers win it all or the Cobras or the Crimson, that will surprise the hell out of me more than more than anything the, this entire year. What I think is amazing, though, is that all four of these teams would be great representations. Absolutely. Of San Diego region. Absolutely. So if someone missteps and a, a team that we expect to do well doesn't i don't think that we lose out at all if anything this is a series right we already saw it in the playoffs for the titan cup championship now we're seeing it again essentially the same four teams this is a series now we're going to see who wins the series this is not something that's just weird or endemic to tough league i mean if you think about the college football playoff system the big 10 champion you know michigan could beat ohio state in the big 10 championship and play ohio state first round in the college playoff i mean this is the same thing i mean guess what they're not going to play in the horseshoe or, or in, in Michigan, right. they may end up in, in Nevada or, 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 in, or in Santa Fe, New, New Mexico or somewhere like that, right? right. Playing this bowl game. Um, and this is the same thing. I mean, it's just... It's a bigger picture. It's, it's, it's about the bigger picture. You want to, you know... To their defense, they haven't had to think of the bigger picture for years. Right. Ever. They haven't had to ever think ever. about it. So now they have to. It's, it's going to be a rude awakening for some people, but it'll slowly become normal and it'll be all right. I just hope the teams who are favorites don't show up on cruise control because I th- I do believe some of these other teams are going to be hungry. I don't think there's a cruise control. I think everyone's going to be out for it. It's, they know the stakes. Everyone's going to be turned. I right, think everybody so. turned up. And, and it's going to be cool. I mean, like you're going to have the LA, LA, you know, on one field right next to San Diego on the other field all playing yeah. together. We're going to have media coverage. You're going to have the Spartan <sighs> showdown. You're going to have the Spartan showdown cool. afterwards, right? The winner of the Spartan championship in, in San Diego is going to play the winner of the Spartan championship in LA. In LA. I mean, it's like I said, this is going to be an event. It's going to be a be whole, a big to-do, and I'm excited about hey, it. Hey, there'll be some gift giveaways, too. It's, this is the holiday season. It's the holiday season. Ho, ho, ho. Season. <laughs> it's the holiday season. <laughs> Just be ready for that. And Santa Claus has got a toy. Dude, December fourth is going to be crazy. It's it's oh, going to be fine. It's going to be your your Instagram and your Facebook and your phone is going to be blowing it's, up. I, yeah. It's going to be awesome. I can't. I wait. don't know. I don't know if my refresh button is ever going to recover <laughs> from this. Oh man! Well, uh, but it is. I, I'm I'm excited to see. I'm actually. I have no idea who's going to come out from the LA Spartan Championship. I have no idea. The bull. The the bulls and the rhinos. Are veteran teams, and they're both in the, from the valley. They're both from both from, the, from the valley in the north, the North LA conference, and they are the strongest teams I've seen. Um, and I and I know the Slayers. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, elite. This this team elite is uh, a big question mark. They're kind of a dark horse. Oh, I, I don't. I don't. I would not be surprised if they, you know, they beat the Rhinos. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they are. The Rhinos are good. Who's the quarterback for the Rhinos now? Jeff Smith. They picked up Jeff Smith. Oh, did they? Midseason from the Blackhawks was another veteran um, team that have played Spartan. I think they tried to play Titan one year. Jeff's Jeff's a good quarterback. He's got a really stacked Rhinos team. Mm. Um, The Creswells, Cousins, Mm. you know, Matt and Anthony. Um, Then he's got Chris Smith. Oh, Chris Smith. And then he's got then he's got Chris Macon. Like you know the yeah. speed, and then oh, okay. they've got weapons. 
the biggest thing that I think comes out of the pickup of Jeff Smith is that consequently, you don't have Matt Cresswell playing quarterback. And now he gets to be a receiver and he can make a bigger impact. You know, all they really needed was a quarterback who could get the ball to their talented cast. And they're going to be in it. And they're, you know, they are going to be one of the favorites. I'm not counting out the Slayers. You know, they have, uh, you know, a group of guys who have been playing together for a long time. And, you know, watching the playoff film from last weekend and, you know, sort of in the last couple weeks of the season, I think they're starting to figure it out as a team. People playing the roles that they're supposed to play, you know, making big plays when needed. You know, I I didn't necessarily guess that they were going to make it out of the South Conference in Spartan, but they did. And it was on the strength of their play. You know, they they brought it last weekend. I think that the it's the Rhinos championship to lose. That's the way I see it. Now, the other team, the Bulls, are super strong roster. I would say in the teams that are left, and I and I and I love Chris from the Slayers, but I think I think Jordan Arias from the Bulls, and this is his, this is his first season. And tough, but I think he's one of the strongest quarterbacks left. And he has a team that he's very familiar with, but this is a group that has played either with or against each other for years. They got Adam Amazaga, who's one of the best receivers in Spartan. Just a smart receiver. He would be a good receiver in Titan. He, he'll he tell you himself he's not as fast as he once was, but he catches everything, high catch radius, high IQ. He knows where to be. He knows, and they put him at center. They put him at slot. They put him wide. You just have to know third and fourth down. Everybody's got to know to look out for him. There's another guy who I I, I love on this team too. Uh, <laughs> he's like five four. He's a little dude. Sean Kagan is, and he's fast. He catches everything. He makes big plays, and you know you have to find him. They've got another guy, Parsa Mashiri, <laughs> and he's. I think when one week he showed up in like like golf shorts, you know, just like you know he. He looks like, you know, he should be doing your taxes, right? <laughs> and he had like four touchdowns of the day. The guys they this is a team when you look at the Bulls when they show up, they're not going to they're not going to look like they are what they are, but they are a very good flag football team. So this is your team. You think they're going to beat the Slayers and you think they're going to beat either Rhinos or Elite? I do not. You do not. No, I've said it. This is the Rhinos to lose. I oh, believe that the right. Rhinos right. are number 1, but I do believe Bulls are number 2 followed by Slayers, and then Team Elite only because I don't know as much about them as I do these other teams. Ooh, you hear that, Elite? Hey, Team Elite, you're in a position that a team called La Migra was in last year <laughs> for Titan. And La Migra proved me all kinds of wrong, but y'all got to show me. These other teams have shown me before. Yeah. So to be fair to Elite, you know, at the beginning of this season – we were picking, you know, Greg, you were talking about Shockwave and you thought that Shockwave would be the team to beat this season in Spartan and Elite took them out. And so, you know, give credit where credit's due. It doesn't matter where you are at the beginning of the season as long as you're there at the end and Elite's here and Shockwave isn't. So, 100%. you know, um, got to give them a chance. Yeah, I, I've talked about this before. You know, the Bulls are my guys. You know, I have played multiple seasons of football with all of those guys. I mentioned on the podcast before that Jordan Arias and Parsa Moshiri have been playing together since they were kids. Um, and I was like, you know, move over, Parsa, because it's now the Jordan Arias, Cody Lair, 
connection that is running things on the Bulls. And so partially because I know all of these guys, but I know what all of these guys are capable of. These are all winners, people that I know, you know, have that clutch gene, that winner's gene. And so I can't not pick them. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I, I still say the Rhinos are the toughest team. They've yet to lose this season. They are undefeated. They've beat the Bulls twice. Ooh, interesting. Like I said, I, I believe it's the Rhinos championship okay. to lose. Now, nah, wait, hold on. I, 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 there's one more thing I want to bring up about the Rhinos. I'm sorry, no, I'm harping on them, but that's because they're my favorites to win Spartan. They have a rusher, Justin McWilson, yeah. who is a very good rusher. Is he? Yes. One of the reasons I hope the Rhinos win is because I got a call from Nick Turnwitz, Turtle, mm-hmm. in San Diego, and he told me, Greg, I like that rusher from the Rhinos. I hope the Rhinos win because I want to block that guy. Ooh. This is Justin, he... you hear this? Oh, I love that. So that Justin McWilson, Nicholas Turner matchup would be awesome. Justin, turn up, buddy. Yeah. I, I need so, to see you out there this weekend. And he and he usually does. Yeah? So good. What a compliment. What a compliment. I really want to see that go down. Yeah, I really want to see that go down. So, what is he? Just relentless? He just goes after them. Yeah, because rushing is tough. High man. motor, R- high, high motor. motor. Yeah, a, a, a very good rusher makes the referee have to think. Did he just bull, bull rush? rush? Yep. <laughs> but you're yeah. like, nah. He he did it correctly, right? He chose a side, so and he's got to figure it out. He's just relentless. I, I would love to see that matchup. However, they got to earn it. They gotta earn the Bulls, it. the Bulls are good. Slayers are good. Team Elite took out the team Shockwave. I thought was gonna come out of the South. So. There it is. There it is. Justin, you heard him, buddy. The Russian rhinos. What a compliment to Justin because, you know, in an old iteration of, you know, this podcast, uh, I had Turtle on the podcast and basically the entire podcast was interviewing. And he is so knowledgeable about football. You know, I think he coaches as well. The fact that he's watching film um, and he knows about Justin from the rhinos because he's seen that film. I think that's so awesome, and that's really the beauty of the national landscape of tough. Slayers versus Bulls, Rhinos versus Elite, that's your Spartan Cup playoff structure. Now let's jump into our Titans. Titan. For me, one of the games of last weekend was B.O.B. Showtime. B.O.B. Showtime. It was a great game. Showtime won the la- their last meeting of the regular season. This was a game that went back and forth. It was heated from the first snap. Mm. I'm talking – Enter and intra team fighting. It was awesome, right? <laughs> the referee on the field had to stop the game, talk to the talk to the captains, and say, "Hey, let's get this together and let's keep this game clean, so we don't have to toss people or keep throwing flags, right?" But it was heated. It was contested. The game was, you know, between four and six points the entire evening, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I want to say Showtime scores with about seventeen seconds left to go in the game, right? Bob has one timeout. B.O.B. throws a pass, guy runs to around midfield, doesn't go out of bounds. B.O.B. has to burn their timeout. We're talking eight or nine seconds left. Mm. They throw one into the end zone. <laughs> Receiver's open, drops it. Now we're like, like maybe four seconds. Wide open pass, he drops it? He, oh, yeah, he was open. He was open by five yards. So it's like four seconds left. So what they try to do is they try to throw a quick slant, or excuse me, a quick out to get out of bounds, be a little bit closer for the last play. <laughs> Ball bounces off the receiver's chest. Clock stops. <laughs> like around one second. Oh, so they're no. pissed. So two drops. Yeah. Two drops. Quarterback hikes the ball, one second left, last play of the game. You know, runs around a little bit, throws it up. 
Oh, God. Three defenders for Showtime are there. Mm-hmm. Instead of these dudes, I would have slapped the ball out to the street. Mm-hmm. They they I, they tried to pick it. Oh, no. The re- there was only one receiver in the area. He jumps for the ball, but he's going against three defenders, gets knocked down on his back in the end zone. <laughs> three defenders trying to get the ball, bobble it, pop it in the air. Oh, no. It lands <laughs> in the lap oh, of my. the receiver laying on the ground in the end zone. Game over, B.O.B. over Showtime. Oh. What an amazing game. <laughs> Those are fun to watch. That was an amazing game. That being said, you just never know. Those teams were even. B.O.B. made the biggest jump from last year to this year as far as um, what I've seen. Their knowledge of the game. I mean, these guys are, you know, they're young. They're athletic. They still play semi-pro football. A lot of times they'll play a semi-pro p- football game and then race over to play Ooh. their flag football game. Yikes. You know? These guys are, you know, but they're young. They're young. Oh, definitely. If you're playing semi-pro football, you're young. They're young. (laughs) Now, they are going to go up against the exact opposite. They're going to go up against a team that's older. Oh, yeah. Been together forever. Flag football certified. The best. Ronin. Ronin. Yeah. Flag football certified. Oh, boy. These guys know what they're doing. They've played together forever. They've got. This is Dash Crutchley's team. This is Dash Crutchley. Crutchley's team they've got athletes all over the place and they are going to be very difficult for anyone to beat not just LA they'll be difficult for anyone to beat they know how to double rush they know how to not rush they know how to, they can play man they if you double rush they know how to deal with it they can block two they can block multiple they can block none their quarterback is quick right they're gonna be a tough team to beat period they know what they're doing it helps to have a six-six slot receiver too. <laughs> right? So what you're saying is, and what you're saying is, Bob has no chance. No chance. So that's what you got. I'm saying that Bob is going to be playing a team unlike that what they've seen before. Yeah. So as be prepared. Bob, get ready, guys. Be, be ready prepared. for war. This is like I said. This is an older team. And, and and this is like I said, this is a flag football certified team. They come from far. They come from Temecula. If, most if, of them. If if Tough League was an Instagram account, they, Ronan would be verified. <laughs> Ronan would be verified for sure. And for those of you who aren't from California, Temecula is about a good two hours from LA, and they they make that trek to come and play because they want to be part of this whole national tough. And this Cup is their series. first season. This is their well, okay. This is their first season as a team. I want to say more than half the team has played in tough before. Right, okay. For for different teams and sure. not necessarily together. So they're not complete novices to tough, but this is the first time their actual team has played in tough league together. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I just moved to Oregon, Tracktown, USA, Eugene, Oregon, and I actually went to my first UO football game. Uh, last Saturday amazing you know it's an amazing experience but leading up to the game you know I saw that one of the keys to the game was to play disciplined longer and that is exactly what I see being the primary strengths and the hallmarks of Ronan and RBK that they both play disciplined longer than every other team they know what it takes to win and you know they know that these games are long a lot of things can happen from the first minute to the end and so they play with the same intensity the whole time and so that's something that a team like bob 
you know, they're not quite there yet. They're not at the place where they play disciplined as long as RBK and Ronan do. Yeah. But what B.O.B. has is athleticism. So they're going to be able to match up with some of the outliers that Ronan have. The speed guys that Ronan has, B.O.B. has a match for that. I, I was talking about Dash Crutchley being a 6'6 slot receiver. B.O.B. has a DB that's 6'4 and another DB that's 6'3. They have the size to match up. It's going to be what it, what's it's going to come down to is really just that whole flag football acumen and metal. I think Ronan has that right now. I think B.O.B. is working toward that. Like I said, they are leaps and bounds better from last year. And I don't think Ronan is going to roll over them like people expect. B.O.B. is going to give Ronan a run for their money. And that's just the way it goes. If I have to bet money, I'm going to bet smart money, and I would bet on Ronan to win. But I don't think it's going to be the way that people think. I think Ronan's going to have to work in this game. And B.O.B. is going to be there in the game towards the end. That's just the way it goes. Well, I'm a gambling man. And I choose the underdog all the time, but this is one game I would not choose. Bob, I don't yeah. want. I wouldn't lose my money in this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the other side, we've got a semifinal rematch. Yes, the Sharks. And you know what's interesting is before the season began, it was known that if the Sharks were to get this far, Rick Conti would not be available. Oh, Rick Conti! I just confirmed it right now. He's available. I just texted him. I said. Will you be at the Titan Cup playoffs this week? And then he said, yes, sir, and I plan on winning it as well. Good. Nice. Now, that makes me feel better because for a while there, I was like, oh, they have no shot. And I've always been that guy who, number one, I respect Rick completely. That doesn't mean that I would put him on my team as a fantasy team as my quarterback. I think that he struggles in big games, but at the same time, He's now getting a lot of big games under his belt. And I feel like that's going to be favorable to him. And that's going to make him be a better player during these big games. So I'm saying this weekend, I don't know if he's going to mess up. We said, not we, you said that last playoffs for the summer. I think Rick took that to heart. Good. And he played phenomenal. Good. I don't, they did not lose to RBK last season. Because of Rick. You can't put that on Rick. You're right, and I didn't. I actually said, and, and again, I'll tell Rick this. Yeah. This is not his, I'm not saying his entire career he's a he's a choke artist. The big games that I've seen him in, and again, I've watched him play for six, seven years. Right. I've seen him make bad decisions, and I've seen him make great decisions. He's a player, if I were to compare him to any player right now in the NFL, I would put him as a Kirk Cousins. Someone who you always have to put in the conversation as one of the good quarterbacks, but not the best. Hmm. Do you agree? I think that Rick could play QB for any team. I think his skills are transferable. I think that uh, Rick has had some some bad breaks. And as a quarterback, if your team does not win, the quarterback is the number one position Who gets to blamed. where people are going to say, it's, you know, he could have done something different. And, and the thing I like about him is that he's very quiet. I don't know if he, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would – blow up on his team if something does go wrong even if it's his fault or if it's not his fault he's not gonna blow up on the team no nah, he, he he's not gonna blow he's not gonna Im- have his team implode but his he makes his passion known yeah. i mean it's it, he'll yell at a ref sure. he'll even yell at one of his players he will yeah no he's not, not not to the point to where it causes any dissension but you know he's gonna get on him the sharks have a lot of uh, explosion on their team. I mean, Antonio Bray is one of the most explosive players we have in Tough. 
and he has taken to defense to where he's designed a defense that makes the Sharks formidable. Yeah. Um, I mean, they they did a great job against RBK last last um, season in the playoffs, and they were great this year. They the the one blemish on their record was to Bob. And that's because it, a close game that came down to the final play. They were on, you know, they had 20 yards to go and just, you know, B.O.B. made the defensive play at the end of the game. But it was right there. Like I said, this is this is a testament to both teams, how B.O.B. has gotten better. And, and the fact that, you know, I mean, the, the Sharks are just there. B.O.B. played an amazing game and the Sharks were still there to win it at the end. I cannot wait for this rematch because it was so close last yeah. season and it's really gonna show us who learned more from that game the sharks think you know learned from that game that they can hang with rbk and you know it's really a matter of executing their game plan and having the confidence that they can take that game at the end whereas rbk knows that they can't underestimate primetime sharks this time around i think that they were a little surprised you know uh last playoffs when when you know primetime sharks was giving it to them um and so i don't think that they're going to come into this game with that same attitude they're they're not going to underestimate them and so who learned more yeah and i think that rbk is coming with that same mentality i think they know what the sharks could do in fact paul told me that he thinks that they're a great first of all they're a great group of athletes but he's like they're an even greater group of guys just outside of tough and he's like hey if they beat us that's a team that I'm cheering for the entire way so that just goes to show you what kind of player and captain that Paul is we always talk about the Sharks and we always talk about Rick and we always talk about Bray but this is James Turner's team <laughs> this is James Tur- James Turner put this team together no, I mean I this is this, talk about talk about someone who is always in the talk of being the captain that puts the, the stars together. I mean, he's he did a great GM job putting this team together. Yeah. You're and right. It, you're <laughs> right. That's true. We we need to give James credit. This, this is you know James put this team together, and you know as far as they go, right? He he's he's a he's one of the heart and soul players for their team. I mean, he's passionate. He yells. He screams. He dives on the ground. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he breaks his leg. Yeah, he's <laughs> hey. He's that guy for them. He's the heart of tough, I've, and I've always believed that. Yeah, and he, yeah, like I said, he loves it. And that's the thing; he loves it. He does. He'll do anything like tough needs. Yep. He'll do. He'll do anything his team needs. Yeah, um, he's got know. passion that that sure. not only we see, but the rest of Tough Nation, or at least in LA, they all know that James Hurt comes with heart. This is this is going to be a very a very competitive weekend in LA. It's it's, it's going to be very well. If I could ask you who wins this whole thing. Who is it, Greg? I think Ronan edges out Bob. I think the Sharks beat RBK. Holy, wow! Good. I think the, I the Sharks I'll beat find. RBK, and I think Ronan and the Sharks play in a battle. And um, I still think Ronan wins. Ronan walks out. I'm still going with RBK. Last weekend they were so crisp, so disciplined, and they never really seemed to be bothered. And so they have that championship pedigree. And so I haven't seen anything that would cause me to think twice about picking them. Well, the 2021 fall season Titan Cup championship in L.A. starts this weekend. So we'll see. Let's let me just say, though, this B.O.B. running game has a lot more on the line than just this playoff. The way the coins are set up currently. That's right. 
Ronan and B.O.B. are basically in a win or go home situation for the Yuletide. The Sharks, RBK. Are pretty much in because of last season. Correct. Sharks and RBK are in because of the points they've accrued from last season. If B.O.B. loses this game, their first game against Ronan, are they out? If B.O.B. loses, they're out. If Ronan loses, they're they're out. out. Holy moly. Do you want to know who the third team that's a lock to get in? There's a third team that's already locked in. La Migra. La Migra. Oh, my God. Who didn't even make the playoffs this year is a lock to get in because they made it to the championship last season. What? There you go. My guys. (laughs) Wow. So La Migra is just kicking back, watching these guys beat each other up, and they're like, we'll see you guys on the fourth. Wow. (laughs) Only thing to be determined is who they'll play. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. This is is an example of every coin counts, right? Yes. Wow. Love that for them. So we're going to... We're going to segue into Dallas. What an interesting conference. Dallas. Well, it's funny because they are. there's eight teams that are going to the playoffs because there's no Spartan division, and there's 16, 17 teams to where you know the top eight will now advance. If I look at the standings right now, there's one team, if the playoffs were tomorrow, there's one team that would not be in the playoffs, and those are my boys, the Mud Bros. Yeah. Keelan Jackson was real amped coming into this oh, season. Oh, no. Dallas has a theme. I've harped on it and harped on it and harped on it. And there's been guys who have hit me up, right, and asked me questions, and I'll tell them that I tell them the same thing. My biggest issue with Dallas was that the top teams last season did not see a rush. Mud Bros didn't rush. Uh, Mammoth didn't rush. So the quarterback sat back there for six seconds. In comes this team, YTG. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, that stands for Your Tax Gurus. Oh, really? Yes. Got your it. Tax Gurus. So this is a team <laughs> I think Corey Webb put together. Yep. Um, and they play, they play nationally in other formats. YTG plays Mammoth week one. Colton Garner's team. Scored 13 points. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you why. Watch that game over and over and over again because I because I'm like okay how did the team that won a championship week four only score 13 points? The rush, double rush. The rush had no idea what to do with it because they weren't used to seeing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because that's something that's their Achilles heel, but they weren't. I kept saying the best teams, both nationally, wherever, are going to rush one, two, and sometimes three, three guys. Yeah. And I said that the, the rush is going to be the big difference. So if the one of these teams who aren't used to seeing a rush show up in L.A., they're going to get dog walked because they're not because they're going to see a big rush. The Dragons out of New York, they're going to see a big rush. Any team that comes out of L.A. or San Diego, they're going to see a big rush. YTG comes in, they double rush every play pretty much. And they make teams have to beat beat the guys we have in back. Well, the guys they have in back are people like Corey Webb. And his brother Brandell. Yeah. You're not beating those guys back there. So it's like you better figure out what you're going to do with this double rush, right? And then you have to figure out how you're going to dink and dunk because you're not beating these guys deep back there in the second. How about their offense, though? That quarterback looks sick. <sighs> but. Lefty. But you know what he's not seeing? A rush. A rush. Now, I'm not saying that him. Right. He, that's not his fault. Uh, yeah. I and mean, I'm not going to. I'm not saying that he won't be as effective against a rush but the fact that you know the other teams in Dallas won't rush he's not getting a realistic view of what he's going to see when they compete nationally I think I think they'll still be 
good. YTG is 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 to Dallas what Ronin is to LA. Mm. New team come in, but they've got the flag football acumen. They've got the so they're verified as well. They're verified. <laughs> they're verified. So they're gonna come in, you know, and they're gonna do they're gonna do work right away because they are a great flag football team. They just so happen to also have <laughs> amazing athletes. Yeah. Right. Bad combo for a conference that isn't used to number one the double rush. Last year just didn't have this conglomerate of athletes all in one team. I mean, just, I think Dallas over the course of the year, even next in the twenty twenty two, it's gonna you're gonna see players come out of the woodwork all over the place. I mean, right now we were so used to seeing Colton Garner and Keelan Jackson as our number one quarterbacks, you know, our, our superstars. But as the league, just like any other league, as it slowly grows into its environment, the players come out to play. Well, the James Turner to L.A. is David Taylor. David Taylor. To Dallas. How funny. And so the Chiefs are in second place right now at 5-1. and one. Oh, sh- really? Yes. The Chiefs are 5-1. and one. David. So Good it's. for him. You know, Dallas is, is going to be competitive. Now, Dallas is um, a week or so behind everyone else, so their they last are... week is this... Event. Right, they're coming up on the final week of their regular season where the other teams are have either completed their championship or their championship week is this coming. And, yeah, okay, so their championship weekend is November 28th. And then the next yes. weekend is the Yuletide right. tournament. Right, so they're going to go championship directly into Yuletide, Yuletide tournament. right. You know, everyone else is going to have a couple weeks off for the holiday before they go into their Utah tournament. Another team to look out for are the Beavers. I mean, Beavers, Beavers, and Black Bucks. Black Bucks have uh, Ashton White. Yeah, Ashton White. And, and, you know, you know, their quarterback. The quarterback. We talked about the quarterback all the time. We were like, man, I hope he lands in a great spot. We're talking about Caleb <gasps> Queen. Oh, he's on that. No, yep. he's on Black Bucks. Yeah, he's on the Black Bucks. Oh, good. Yeah, he's on the good. Black Bucks. So they're four and two. So as of right now, as of right now, the top eight teams are YTG at six and zero, Chiefs at five and one, Pharaohs at four and two, Beavers at four and two, Mammoths at four and two, Black Bucks at four and two, DVJ. I don't know much about that team at four and two. And the final team is the Twisters. Now the Twisters were, they were they were a couple. They were one of the teams that were talking on social media. Look oh, out for the Twisters right. coming into the season. Well, hey, they're in the they have the top eight hey, teams. They've made the top eight, so at the, the very least they're in the discussion, right? Now, this last week of the season is going to play out, and the next four teams after the AFC, which are the Twisters, Mud Bros at 3-3, three and three, same record as the Twisters. Hornets at 3-3, three and three, same record as the Twisters. So, we could have a four-team swap here. There will be three seasons of football to determine what four teams go to the Yuletide for the Dallas. This is the first season, the only, this is the first league to have that. Wow, that's going to... Yeah, and you know who right now is pretty much number one? The Kings, who are sitting at the bottom of the barrel this year, this this season. Which means they probably won't get any coins this season, though. Yeah, but they got they got coins for the first season. Mm-hmm. They got... Did they win it? They won the whole thing. They got oh, wow. tournament coins for the second season. And the third season, they made the playoffs. So the worst thing that could possibly happen for them... Is the players on that team are going to be chosen by a different roster. See, the coins go with the players. So those players that were on the Kings, they've acquired coins. Mm. So if they're not on the Kings this season and they play on another team, and that other team, team, the other team gets those coins. So I say the Kings are up there, but they're all spread out now. Wow. Well, it doesn't look like YTG is going to lose. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm just saying that. 
I talked about the Dragons having a high-scoring season um, at 360 points. And the season before, in eight games, they had 260 points. YTG is at 290 points through six games. They throw up points, man. They throw up points. They just, I mean, they have destroyed teams. They have absolutely annihilated annihilated teams. (laughs) They've only given up 110 points. This is the team, I think, that is going to win the whole thing. Like nationally? No, 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 no. Oh, you're talking about like that. in Dallas? I can't say anything about nationally. Yeah, I, I was no about to idea. say, wait. But I'm saying in, Na- in Dallas. Saying yeah. In Dallas, yeah. I mean, that's a safe bet right yeah. now. This this season. That's a safe bet right now. And but will, if they do win it this season, depending on how many players they have, will they get into the – Well, you got to remember, Corey, Corey Webb was on the Mammoth last year, right? Last season, so he gets coins added on. Ooh, and his his coins for the Mammoth are going to go with him. Yeah, they're transferring over to, to YZG. So, so he's, he's worth a lot of gold, right? Right. Now. So <laughs> if it's, they it's um, like I said, it's 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 YTG's and, championship to lose. That right and now. because this is the pandemic year, if Corey Webb wanted to wanted to go back to the Mammoths, his coins would transfer back to the Mammoths. Right. I don't. So think he's do that. they better take him. They YTG better take him out to some steak dinner. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna do that. I don't think they have to. I don't, I don't, I don't You're right. I don't, do that. I, mean, I don't think he's going to do that. Your tax gurus aside, I do still think that Dallas is the opposite of San Diego in that, you know, there are really good teams from top to bottom. You know, we talked about sort of that crowd between, you know, spots seven through 10. You know, these are all teams that, you know, if they made the playoffs, you know, they're capable of the upset. This is the this is the region to watch, I think, you know, coming into the Yuletide tournament. Yeah, I agree. This is a fun region. Because I, I, I honestly, I can tell you, at least just based off of my knowledge of the league, is that the YTG is going to win the Titan Cup this season. And because they have all that momentum, I don't know. And the next weekend is the Yuletide tournament. I, I maybe they win the whole thing. Maybe they now win. you are talking nationally. No, I'm not talking national. I'm talking they'll win their Yuletide tournament. Aha! Uh-huh. To advance to the national Got con- conversation, but Got right it. now I can't. No, I can't say that. Yeah, no, that's gonna be like I said. That whole thing is gonna be interesting because we'll see. I mean, it's, it's possible that in the Yuletide tournament they'll play a team that they've already played two other times, which means that teams have seen them two other times, right? And may may have be able to game plan against some of the things that. They any do. given Sunday. Any given Sunday. <laughs> well, in this case, Saturday. Any any given night. I mean, just, you know, you got to play. That's why they play the game. Yeah. Their regular season will end this weekend. Their Titan Cup championship game will start on the 28th. I wonder if we have some interesting matchups based on what we just talked about with the standings. Let's look at this. Top. So the top eight make it. There's no first round bye that usually comes with a six team. So here's an interesting game. The Chiefs at five and one play Mammoth at four at four and two. It's a big game for Mammoth because at four and three they could put themselves in ties with other teams that have better point differential. Which would mean uh, so I'm I'm looking at the Mud Bros because those are my guys. Mm-hmm. They got who do they play? The Mud Bros. They have to win. Oh, and Mammoth also play the Twisters. Ooh, so that's gonna be a good game because the Twisters they were talking that stuff. YTG plays the Beavers who are at four and two. Ooh, um, that's a good game. Mud Bros play DVJ, who's ahead of them Ooh. at four and three. Hey, they're or in four a, and two. They're in a must win. Yes, they're and in a must win. The YCG's second game is against Samurais. That shouldn't be much. But then Mud Bros play the Storm, 
So the Mud Bros big game this week is against DBJ. DBJ. Gotta win that game, fellas. Yeah. But and then and then the black here's another good game. The Black Bucks play the Pharaohs, both at four and two. Yeah. Ooh. They could be playing for a spot. I mean, because that sure. four and three team, let's say, let's say Mud Bros win both of their games and go five and three. Or Hornets win both of their games and they go five and three. Now now all of these teams at four and two with a loss. A loss or two, all end up at five and three, and then you put yourself prey to tiebreakers. Yeah, you do, right? And <laughs> and since we're talking about ten teams, you can't two, do. Yeah, two of those teams are not going to make it to the playoffs. Correct. Based on tiebreakers, so it'd be record head to head, and then point differential. Correct. And if if some of these teams don't play head to head, you have to count that out entirely, and you go straight off of point differential. Right. And so you better the score. Point, <laughs> Now that we've said that, I kind of want to look at some of the point differentials. Because <laughs> a lot of teams are three and three. I want to look at the four and two teams. One, two, three, four, five, four and two teams, and three, three and three teams. The Hornets are at minus 21. The Mud Bros are at plus seven. Ugh. Yikes. Because Twister's at plus 24. DVJ's at plus 23. Black Bucks are at plus 35. Mammoth at plus 42. And the Beavers at plus 55. Yikes. So, the Hor- the Hornets and the Mud Bros have some work to do. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be a do or die for a lot of these teams. Yeah, and so it's uh, that, that's, that's that's exciting. Hey, November twenty eighth, that's their Titan Cup Championship. We got to see who comes out of that to see who goes into the Yuletide Tournament on December fourth. <laughs> this weekend. Right is Birmingham's Titan Cup Championship game. Birmingham, yeah. So who do we who do we who do we do we have a favorite? Do we have a favorite in Birmingham? I mean, the favorites always is the top three, right? You got the Trojans, you have Elite, and you have Gata. Yeah, is it Gata? Those, is it Gata? Those are the three teams that we know to look out for. Okay. Well, they're the only ones over five hundred. Yeah, it's a. It, now you're talking about a top heavy league. This is the top heavy league. These three teams. If you ask me, and you are. <laughs> I'm reckon, I'm saying that the Trojans are going to walk out as the Titan Cup champions this season, which means they will have two over Elite. Well, that game was very close. Elite Elite won, but it was 34-32. So I it could have gone either way. I can't go against the Trojans again. They won it last season, and I didn't give them the credit that they deserve. So I'm giving them the credit now. I say they walk out as the Titan Cup champions. They have two Titan Cup championships under their belt which makes them the number one seed moving into the, the Yuletide tournament. And correct me if I'm wrong, how many seasons did they have in 2021? Didn't they have three as well? They had three as well. Yeah. They had a spring, summer, and right. fall. So the coins will have to add up as well to see what four teams advance. But right now we can almost guarantee that the Trojans are a shoo-in. Gata has two losses. Diane, you want to guess who their two losses are to? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. <laughs> So that's why they're they lost to elite and they lost to Trojans. They got blown out by elite and they lost by six points to Trojans. Elite's point differential is 288. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That was more points than the Dragons scored (laughs) two seasons ago. Right. And this year, but, but but to be fair, like I said, the Dragons scored 360 points. Elite's at 362. So that's <laughs> that's, that's big Well, time. here's something to think about. Due to field restraints, 
Birmingham's regular season ended October 31st. They have been sitting for three weeks to play in the playoffs. This happened last season. Is it because like rain and stuff like that? No, it's because of the field that, that they have reserved. It was under renovation. And then one other weekend, I believe, was Chance's, Chance Guess's birthday or something where he was unable to make it. So they had to postpone it. So it's been, I mean, that's just, they've come across some unlucky seasons to where they have to sit and wait. And that sucks, but that's just something that they're used to. Um, do we want to know who the highest scoring team is so far in and the, nationally? Who scored the most points this 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 whole? Uh, You're just throwing that out there randomly. I'm just because because I've I've talked about it for several conferences now about the scoring. I'm gonna guess. Then we're gonna have Diane guess, and you're gonna tell us who's right. All right, Diane, you go first because you're a female. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I mean, I see 362 for elite. That's pretty high. Are you? Uh, yeah, you're not looking at the app, are you? Yeah, don't, 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 you're not yeah, cheating, don't are cheat. you? Uh, I would say it's either Elite or YTG. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I might go Pericos. Pericos? Yeah. I'm thinking that Greg is bringing this up because he's focused on Birmingham. So I'm going to say that it's Elite. Diane is correct. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So those are the top. Those, they're two of the top three. We got 362. Which is the for elite for oh. elite. Okay. Oh, okay. Next, we have prime time sharks, sharks. at three hundred and seventy five points. That's interesting. And then Pericos with a mind boggling four hundred and forty four points this season. Wow. <laughs> now, here's my only thing. Here's my only thing. I want to make sure that that doesn't include their playoff playoffs. Runs. That's right. That might include their playoffs. It sure does. As a matter of fact, it does. This is over 10 games. So the other ones were for, yeah. So it looks like regular season, it looks like that 362 number might be the mark. Elite? Yeah, because Perico scored almost 100 points in the playoffs. So regular season-wise, I want to say that, yeah, they scored fi- they scored 59 and 50 or 40 or something like that. They, they scored over 100 points last yeah. week. I think Team Elite for Birmingham, for regular season, the mark was 362. Because at 375, the Sharks played one extra game and they scored 28 points. Yeah. So right now, the leader regular season would be Team Elite with 362 points. And then you would have Primetime Sharks and then you would have Pretty Equals. Some fun facts. Yeah. From me watching the games in Birmingham, I remember we had a guest um, in one of our earlier podcasts. From the was, Mambas. From the Mambas. And he was talking about how much speed there is in Birmingham. We didn't even mention the Mambas. Right. Well, the Mambas aren't at the top of the standings, so why would we? Pretty harsh, but it's, it's what it is. Is <laughs> <laughs> what it is. I mean, you know, especially in a, in a small league like that. Yeah. If you're not in the top three, it's kind of hard to talk about. You. Exactly. And so, you know, he brought up the fact that there's a lot of speed and athleticism in Alabama, and they like to throw the ball deep. And he's he's kind of correct. Elite scored 362 points this season, and man, they they chucked that ball down the field. I mean, it's not a whole lot of center drop offs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see a team like that in a conference that. Like some of the other ones I talk about, don't do. There's not a whole lot of rushing. Yeah, it'd be. It's going to be interesting to see them play against some of the other teams nationally. Yeah. Well, first we got to see who comes out, and that's going to be interesting because we don't know the coin scenario in Birmingham yet. Mm-hmm. We will once this weekend's over. We'll crown a champion, and then we'll be able to find out which four teams clinched. But yeah, you're right. Whoever wins that one, they come out to L.A. and they they play they play for real. 
It's gonna be oh man. I just I just can't wait to see some of these contrasting styles. Yeah. Like really, I mean, you know, that smash mouth defense in football in New York compared with the, you know, kind of the finesse in, in San Diego and L.A. with, you know, just the the sheer flag football grit and athleticism in Dallas and then the speed coming out of Birmingham. I mean, it's going to be nuts. And then you got then you got the pedigree with and this may be a segue with with the Wild Boys. What's going on with St. Louis? Yeah, well, it's official and it's safe to say that St. Louis is shut down. They got into, and this is something that happened a while ago. Yeah, we talked about it in a previous one. Did we? Yeah. No, I don't think we did. About, I don't think about, we talked about the... Uh, about St. Louis. Yeah, they were shut down last time. Done. Well, good. Okay, good. Well, St. Louis is done. They've, mm-hmm. they've, there's a lot of things that went wrong. So when you create a league, there's a lot of different moving parts, right? We always talk about that. St. Louis had parts just in limbo, stuck, never moving, faulty. These things happened on various levels. The final nail in the coffin was a large brawl that happened between players and referees. Long story short, people felt that their lives were threatened at the field. So we came to the decision to close it down because it's not at the quality that we want it to be. This is hard for me because it's my hometown. I wanted it to work. I wanted it to work. I put a lot of time, energy, and money into this league that wasn't doing anything back for me. And at the end of the day, you have to look at a business, and you have to make business decisions, and St. Louis has got to shut down. That doesn't mean that I don't appreciate what the Wild Boys have done for St. Louis. So I'm going to personally bring them out to L.A. They, they don't have to go through a Titan Cup championship. They don't have to go through a Yuletide tournament. They're just coming out to play. I'm going to bring them out. They're going to play with the rest of the nation in the Tough Cup playoffs. But after that, it's pretty much done. It will take a lot of effort and a lot of work to get St. Louis back. And even if we do ever consider bringing it back, we're going to be screening teams. It's not going to be... A, a, a 18, 19, 20 team league that's going to be an 8, 9 team league where we know the players that are coming in. Because this last season, there were some new players and new faces into the league that destroyed the image of Tough League. Well. And it's extremely unfortunate. Not a whole lot else to say about it. No, there's not. And, <laughs> and, and it's unfortunate. And I'm sure Diane feels the same way. Diane was a big fan of the Wild Boys and as much as we know, this could be the last time we bring up the Wild Boys in Tough League. Wait, Diane uh, was a fan of the Wild Boys? Yeah, I have been What about on the flag the... football team? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Greg, Greg's throwing jokes at us. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no. I know. He's out here. He's, uh, he... I saw an opportunity and I took it. <laughs> no, but it, it it is something that Diane and me had in common is that we both really liked the way the Wild Boys played. And I liked them so much to where I actually flew out there two weekends ago and met up with them. Oh, nice. talk, Talked to a few of them and let them know the scenario of it. Hopefully they understood. They were in the dark. Nobody knows anything about the behind the scenes. And if I'm closing the chapters of a, of a region, I'm going to give them all the information they need to know. Right. I think they understand it now and they're – Maybe it's like a good way of giving them closure so they understand. But I told them that I'm still going to bring them out and let them compete because they deserve that. Yeah, they've, they've won, what, every season that they've played? Pretty much, except for one. Except for one, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. How gangster would that be, though? 
ready to come if out and win, win the national all, <laughs> and they hey. walk off into the sunset no more st louis <laughs> dude no if, i'll tell you right now if they do win the whole thing we'll we'll, we'll figure out something about st louis. <laughs> i'm telling you there's no way if they I, I don't think they will win it all i just don't have that confidence in, in them as a national team but i do think that they're going to come out and represent well no absolutely i don't think they're going to win it but if they do win it we'll have another discussion and i'll I, I will personally run that league myself. I'll move to St. Louis. No, I won't. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I won't move back. But Your I will. nose is like four feet long right now. <laughs> but, I, but I will. Well, the first season of St. Louis, I ran it. I flew right. home. I flew back every – thank God I had a, ho- a house there. So I would fly back, stay at the house, and then I would fl- – I would literally be – I'd be – sometimes I would leave on Saturdays and come back Mondays. It, sometimes I would leave on Sundays – and come back Mondays. Like, I just stayed there for 17 hours just to get the league up and running. But that's just what you have to do in order to get a, a right, new right. league up and running. But this, if the, if they do win the 2021 Tough Cup Championship, it's gonna be hard. I will consider bringing St. Louis back. So you heard that, Wild Boys. You want to keep playing? <laughs> you guys got to win. That all being said, I'm still salty that – Players keep sliding into Greg's DMs and not mine, but <laughs> I'm I'm really really glad. You know I've been a fan of the Wild Boys for you know years, and I'm glad that they have an opportunity to show, you know, Tough Nation what they're made of. And I I do think that they're going to represent well, and I actually do think they have a shot at winning it. No, you don't. <laughs> I do. No, I'm kidding. Sure. I think everybody has a chance. That's what's great about this is you're going to come out here and you're going to play and you're the, the level of intensity in your head is going to be through the yeah. roof. Oh, absolutely. It's not going to be just another, oh, another Sunday game. It's going to be okay. This is the biggest game I've played in with flag football. Yeah. All right. So we covered a lot in this podcast. And that's because, like we always have said, fall season is the best season. It's the most exciting season leading up to the Yuletide tournaments, and our national playoff. And so I can't wait to see it all play out. Well, I'll say this. We here in L.A., me and Greg, are enjoying the fall weather. How about you, Diane? You're up there in Oregon. It's rained almost every day since I've been here. I'm flying back to L.A. for the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Thanksgiving week. So I'm looking forward to that 70-degree weather. Lucky. Oh, man. <laughs> I, just got a, I just got a drought warning letter. <laughs> From my water company. <laughs> oh, really? Stop. It has rained here forever. Oh, I know you're right. Yeah. Oh no, it's rained a couple days ago. Oh my gosh! It, but like, it drizzle, was like drizzle. somebody sneezed heavy. <laughs> no, that's something that people don't realize. Like, yeah. in in L.A. or in St. Louis, it rains all the time. Alabama, all the time. Yeah, I'll be in St. Louis for Christmas. So, will you? Yeah. What are you doing in St. Louis? Nah, my my wife's sister lives there. Interesting. When are you going? Um, I'll be out there. For the the week of the seventeenth to Whoa, Christmas. Oh, I was gonna go out there. So I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii. That's on, not St. Louis. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to Hawaii on the eighth to the sixteenth, and then I was gonna go to St. Louis on the seventeenth to. If you the go there, I'll be 20th. out there. If you go out there, Greg, I'll be out let's there. link up. I'll let's link up. You. I'm for real. Hey, I'll show you all the good places, man. Man, listen, I'm gonna be out there. All right, so I'm gonna be actually with. I'm gonna be in Chicago. 
um, I, I lied a little bit. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna be in Chicago from the 17th through the 20th. You're, well, I'm not gonna see you then. Well, no, no, hold on. And then, the, <laughs> then from the 20th, I'm not gonna stay there that long. Oh, I'm not staying there that long. Ah, I mean, I, I figured you might want to come back here and and you know get your bearings a bit before you take off out to St. Louis. But you know, no, I'm I'm I was planning on flying from Hawaii, Hawaii. here and then taking one. That's the, and I come back Thursday and then Friday I was gonna leave to go to St. Louis. For Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I was gonna fly back uh, here because then on Christmas I'm going up north to my wife's family. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I'm no, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna actually touch down in St. Louis until that Monday. So. That would have been cool, Greg. I know, I no, could show but, you but the like world. I, I'm out there all the time though. So are like, you? Yeah, like I, my wife's sister lives out I there. I was just out there two weekends ago. I flew home to go see the Wild Boys well, <laughs> and tell them dude, I'm sorry. We, we have each other known we talk way too much for us not to like have well, ended up out there at the I same time. I didn't know time. you were such a St. Louis – well, we talked about this before, about you possibly moving out there too, right? Uh, I, I, I was definitely looking. Mm. So it's – um. Yeah. I, Diane, where are you going to be for Christmas? <laughs> I'm like going to be in Northern California. You'll be in NorCal, so will I. Hey, you want to meet up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you guys, it was uh, good talking. We had a good podcast. This is Billy. This is Greg. And this has been Diane. And this is the Leak Lowdown Podcast. Podcast.